Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of 211's Baseball Talk. My name is Dylan Baker, and I'm alongside Brent Wales today. Here is what we have on the menu. We have Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer not going anywhere, according to the Cleveland Indians. Nelson Cruz signed a one-year deal with the Twins, adding more power bats to the roster. Commented on the attendance difference between the Rays and Cardinals. The Blue Jays signed Matt Shoemaker to a one-year deal. Who will command the 2019 Blue Jays rotation? The teams that were in on Nelson Cruz are reportedly shifting their attention to Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Martinez. And, of course, as always, the latest offseason news. So, Brent, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Bakes. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. So let's get right into things. Um, two Cleveland Aces that were having discussions about being traded are reportedly not going anywhere, according to several reports. The two young Aces, one a Cy Young winner, uh, were rumored to have several teams tied to them. They are reportedly not being shipped anywhere, according to the Cleveland front office. Um, what are your thoughts on them not going anywhere? And do you think that the recent power moves from the Twins may have led to this? Um, well, I was actually having a conversation with a buddy of mine who's down in Cleveland uh, about two weeks ago about Bauer and Kluber. Um, and obviously this was before uh, Cruz got signed. But I think um, it's only going to be a matter of time before at least one of those guys is moved. Um, you know, like, what is it? Bauer is so adamant that he um, – He's never signing anything other than a one-year deal. Like that's basically an invitation right there for Cleveland yeah. to ship him out. Uh, and Kluber, like they're probably they're asking too much for him right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once the season goes, depending on how the season you know ebbs and flows, that might be the time you know that they deal Kluber out for somebody else. But for the time being, you know, hanging on to those two guys is going to help. You know, try and you know keep Minnesota at bay, which would be nice. Yeah, the, I think that. Um, I think that, that the Twins moves to get Nelson Cruz a, may have caused this a little bit. But I do think you're right. I think they were asking a little too much on probably both of them, actually, because I think they, they, they still believe that the Kluber Cy Young days are still going. But I, I personally, at least, believe that uh, the Cy Young days for Corey Kluber are behind him and he's not going to return to that same form that he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see with him. Like, he works his ass off in the, in the offseason with Cressy, mm-hmm. you know, so – the you know he's fighting age right so velocity is always going to be an issue at his age but you know he might you know redefine or redevelop himself the way that uh, Sabathia did with the Yankees and and be Mm -hmm. somewhat more successful yep I would have to agree moving on now Nelson Cruz signed a deal with the twins adding more power bats to the roster uh as we began to get into in the last segment the twins had made several have, have made several moves to help Rocco Baldelli reached the postseason in his first year as manager. Cruz signed a one-year deal for around $14 million, I think I read. And, uh, but the club has also added C.J. Crone, last year's raised DH, who led the club in home runs. Jonathan Scope, a power-hitting second baseman, and Ronald Torres. I just thought I'd throw him in there because they also got him to help the offense. Are they out of the rebuild, and are they making a push this year? Um, uh, given how weak the AL Central is, like, I think you can call it a push. But, uh, you know, to me personally, I think they're kind of in a bit of a holding pattern and, and seeing, you know, if Miguel Sano comes back to form and if Byron Buxton can stay healthy and, and play at the, mm-hmm. the MLB level, right? But, you know, definitely they're going to make noise this year um, offensively. But, you know, the, the big key then is you've done all this for your, your offense, but what about your, your pitching, right? Like, it's great if mm-hmm. you're putting well, I mean, they have Barrios, the young yeah. Puerto Rican righty. Yeah, Brios is, is solid, but I mean, after that, it's kind of a little questionable, right? Like, 
Mm-hmm. So it's great. They're going to be able to put up like eight, nine runs a game. But if you're giving up 10, 11, 12 uh, on the flip side, like it's going to make for a long season. But again, the AL Central is so weak that, you know, anything could happen. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not too sure. I didn't look at the twin system really much uh, going into this episode. But I, I, I wonder if they maybe have some pitching prospects that are coming up, which could be why they haven't really been linked to any pitchers at all. This offseason, they've mostly been going after power bats. Um, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm not too too familiar with their, their system, but you know that's always a viable option, right? Yeah, I think their rotation currently consists of Jose Barrios, Phil Hughes maybe, who's well past his prime. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I'm not sure who else. Maybe, maybe they're linked to Bartolo Colon. Maybe Bartolo makes a return to, to Minnesota. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I would love that. I know. Yeah, we'd get to see him more than we get. We'd be guaranteed to see him as where the Blue Jays would be. So that'd exactly. be that'd be fun. But I mean, I'm not too sure what they have pitching wise. I know they have Barrios, who's who's great, a great young talent, and I don't know their system. But they have been adding a lot of power bats, and they, like you said, are probably going to put up a lot of eight, nine run games this year. So moving on, Tommy Pham, uh, Rays outfielder was traded from the Cardinals this uh, this deadline because there was some controversy going on with him and the fans or something. I don't know. But he was dealt to the sports-loving city <laughs> in Tampa at the deadline last year. Obviously, yeah. the Cardinals have a much more dedicated fan base than the Rays, with fans saying it sucked leaving a place with 40,000 fans per game to a place with 10,000. What are your thoughts on the comments, and how will this affect his future in the city with few fans? I love Fam. Like, like Fam doesn't sugarcoat anything. He'll tell no, you straight up how it think. is. Right? Like that interview he gave in SI last year, in the, just before spring training, where he just absolutely shredded the Cardinals. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you know, what you're getting with a guy like him. Yeah. Um, you know, and considering the, the quote unquote fan pace in, in Tampa, like, honestly, he can say whatever he wants and no one's going to care. Like, mm-hmm. if anything, it might it might draw a couple more people to show up to the park to you know, watch <laughs> this guy, right? We'll see if he spouts off or something like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if he, if he produces and if he hits his potential that, you know, everybody sees in him, they'll just blow it under, like, just pass it off, right? But if he, yeah. you know, becomes a detriment to the club, then, yeah, they're going to start bringing up, you know, like, clubhouse cancer and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff with them. Right, but... Speaking of clubhouse cancer, we'll get into him a little later. Out <laughs> <laughs> of boy, Vicks. Um, but yeah, I think Fam was a huge part of the ninety win season because they had most of those wins in the second half. But I think he was a huge part once he of the team once he came along after the deadline. He had like some insane streak of extra base hits or something like that. I, I got a chance to meet him actually outside of the Rogers Center at one of the games that I went to in September. He's a really nice guy, but like you said, nice. he doesn't sugarcoat anything um and so i think it was kind of to be expected with fam that he would comment on the fan base especially after coming from st louis but the fact that you said that it might draw more fans to the game i found pretty funny because now they're gonna some some people are probably gonna be like oh we have a baseball team in tampa bay which (laughs) they would they probably didn't know because they get eight thousand fans a game yeah but, I mean, it must be tough as a player to go from such a dedicated, passionate fan base who claims that they're the most dedicated and the best fan base in the game, which I don't agree with. But to go from that 
to a place that can barely fill seats must be tough. Oh, definitely for sure. Right. Like I think you're too young for this, but when Tampa Bay was like starting themselves there, like the dome there was so empty. There was one guy (laughs) that was in the bleachers that would yell out like stats on certain guys for the actually he did that for a while. And I actually remember that. I remember 2013, 2012, maybe I was watching a game on TV and I heard some guy yelling a bunch of stat lines and heckles from like way up in the 500 level and you could hear them. Exactly. Yeah. So like to go from, you know, 40,000 screaming fans where you, you can hear people, but you can't really hear people. It's all Mm -hmm. of a sudden in that kind of environment, it's a mental mind grind. Like it it just totally messes with you. Yeah. um, It's got, plus if he does resign, he's going to get a lot less money than what he would have in St. Louis had he resigned there. But I mean, I think maybe his comments, uh, last year led to the trade? Oh, definitely, for sure. Yeah, because I, I, I knew the fans were really mad about that. Yeah, they totally were. And then if you, uh, you know, if you pay attention to uh, the one guy on Twitter, I'm not going to give him any credit to identify <laughs> who he is. But uh, according to him, he was working with FAM. And that's the reason why he got traded too, is because the Cardinals didn't want him working with a quote-unquote internet guy. Oh, and really? I'm just like... Yeah, I was like, buddy, just no, just shut up. Just just take your <laughs> loss and just you're not that influential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some nobody on Twitter trying to get a name to himself. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on. The Blue Jays signed Matt Shoemaker, former Angel, to a one-year, $3.5 million deal. He's one of the few that have their name spelled Shoemaker and pronounce it Shoemaker. A lot of people are Shoemaker, all sorts of garbage. But Shoemaker has True. been injury-prone over the past couple of years although he was an incredibly pleasant surprise for the Angels in 2014. Shoemaker closed the season very well, even though he was on a pitch limit and he was injured for the, for the beginning of the season. He pitched a total of eight innings, which is not great, but that was over two starts, and allowing six hits and three runs while striking out 10 over those last two outings. What do you make of the signing? Uh, I'm a little biased with uh, with Shoemaker. Uh, I had a former teammate who uh, caught him when he was at EMU. Oh, really? uh, so I've yeah, I've always been uh, been pulling for the guy. Um, you know, he's it's one of those low risk, high rewards. Like three point five mm-hmm. mils, nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to eat some innings for you, and you know, his split fastball. Oh my god, man! It is just just filthy. Like, honestly, one of the best splits I've seen, mm-hmm. um, you know, and coming to the Jays, you know, they've got a history of, you know, producing guys that throw hard. So I think yeah. they'll put him on a program and I think his velocity will you know, pick up a little bit more. Do you think he has a uh, yeah, bounce back here this year? Uh, it'd be fantastic if he did. I'd love it. Like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of EMU fans that are now Jays fans for life. <laughs> um he was non-tendered by the angels this year, which kind of surprised him actually. Uh, but does, do you think that he is now in a physical state where he will be able to stay off of the DL this year? Cause he's been on the DL a lot over the past couple of years. Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, the, the one big thing that happened to him was he took that liner off the dome. Right? Yeah. That, you know, that, that's a big, a big chunk. And you know, your that injury is kind of lingering for, for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, he'll come in, you know, as they always say, I'm in the best shape in my life, you know, in the middle of February. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of Jays said that. And then in 2012, they had like three straight days where three pitchers went down with Tommy John. Yeah, it was, was a rough a time week. to be a Jays fan. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> Moving on. Who will command the Blue Jays 2019 rotation? Last year was far from an ideal year for the Blue Jays' supposed aces in Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman, both having a lot of injuries, both high ERAs. However, it was a breakout ca- campaign for Ryan Baraki and even Thomas Pinoan when he came up in the tail end of the season. So, who will command the rotation? Who will be their ace this year? Uh, will Stroman and Sanchez, or Strochez as I like to call them, bounce back? Or will the 2018 Blue Jays ace Ryan Baraki remain the commander-in-chief of the rotation? Yeah, that's a wild card. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you got to expect a little bit of a, a setback from Baraki just with the uh, the sophomore slump. You know, the, the league's gotten mm-hmm. used to him, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he handles and adapts to that challenge. But, I mean, Baraki's a pretty calm guy who seemed to have good stuff last year, so I wonder if he... Oh, yeah, totally. Like, there, there always is the chance, right, that he doesn't have the sophomore slump and he, mm-hmm. you know, becomes the, the leader of that staff as, yeah. as weak as that staff is. Um, as far as, you know, Stroman and Sanchez, uh, honestly, I, I think Sanchez would be better out of the bullpen, eight, nine inning guy, you know, lockdown guy, just because he's of the, the, the history. Yeah, he's got the velo, he's got the movement. Um, and, you know, it just, I, and I think too, doing short bursts of pitching would help him with his blister issue as uh, opposed to going out every fifth day. Yeah. Right. Um, now, and then you got, you know, Stroman, like, uh, I, I want to like the guy. I, I really mm-hmm. do. He's but, got quite like, the ego. Oh, that's just it. Right. Like his whole, higher than his, the only thing higher than his ERA last year. Was his ego. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so true. And like, I mean, yeah. He's way too busy, you know, building his what his height doesn't measure heart brand and mm-hmm. yeah and you know, playing with that chip on his shoulder, you know, his his hard knock life coming up through playing ball. I'm like, buddy, you were a first round draft pick. You got a million dollar signing bonus. You went to Duke, which is a nice D one school. Mm-hmm. You got your degree from Duke. Like you don't have a hard st- a hard hard story at all. Mm-hmm. But yet he used PEDs in oh yeah short season single a yeah i remember yeah yeah well have you seen the size of his dad oh <laughs> that man is that man i mean scary i saw this thing after yeah. bryce harper's dad was revealed in the home run derby oh yeah, was, yeah yeah who would you rather take on in a fight bryce harper's dad or stroman's dad yeah what would a like, fight be like between them oh that'd, that'd be, be fantastic oh it'd be great I, i'd pay to see that <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, sidetrack. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I think Rocky's got the best chance, you know, um, with the other younger guys coming up. It's going to be a, a bit of a growing pain. Um, then there's Clayton Richards, right? Who? Oh, that guy. He, he's, he had a 5 ERA last year, and he was pitching in San yeah. Diego. I don't, I don't expect much of the guy. Oh, I don't expect anything at all. Like, you're going from San Diego into Toronto, which is a bandbox. Like, he's going to have an ERA over eight. Yeah. So, it's I not think Brookie's be. your best guy. Yeah. Do you think Shoemaker, if he stays healthy, could be a leader in that rotation? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, he could – like, he's there. He's going to – he's been through so much. Like, he'll be able to help the young kids along, which is great. Yeah. You need a guy like that in, in your uh, your bullpen, your rotation, wherever – um, you know, and they don't have that kind of guy right now. So with him, yeah. that's a that's a good pickup. 
Apparently, Clayton Richard can also pitch out of the pen as a long reliever. Do you think he'll be used in that? He's definitely going to be in the rotation. Uh, I think. I think if no kid, you know, shows a good, strong spring, he'll be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if partway through the season they, you know, bump him into the long relief role. Yeah. And bring up a couple of young kids to, you know, even piggyback uh, on a start system with that open slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could do that. Um, they, or they could have a six man rotation at some point during yeah, the year, which I too. wouldn't be shocked if that happens. Moving oh, on to our next yeah, especially topic. Especially with the young kids. Yeah. Moving on to our next topic. The teams that were in on Nelson Cruz are reportedly shifting their attention to Edwin Encarnacion and Jose Martinez. As we had mentioned, the Twins signed Nelson Cruz to a one-year deal. The teams that were reportedly in on Cruz, being the Astros, the Rays, and someone else, are shifting their attention to two other DHs, in Edwin Encarnacion of the Seattle Mariners and Jose Martinez of the St. Louis Cardinals. Martinez has struggled defensively, but has produced offensively, now with no spot on the club with the addition of Paul Goldschmidt. Both of these guys are, have to be acquired via trade. Neither of them are free agents. If you're each one of those teams looking for a DH, who do you push for? Um, well, I think Houston's in that win now window mm-hmm. still. So if I was, you know, Lou Howe with the, uh, with the Strohs, I, I'd go for Edwin just because he's, he's been in the playoffs consistently. He mm-hmm. produces, like, you know what you're going to get from him. You know you're getting yeah. 30 bombs, 100 ribbies, you know about a 260 average. Yeah. Um, so for a win now or, a, you know, a short window of time to actually win, uh, if I was a team, I'd go for, for Edwin. Now a team like Tampa where they're looking to, you know, build, uh, I'd go for Martinez because you'd have control for him for, I think, three or four more years. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, six or seven years younger than Edwin. So there's a greater chance for uh, him to develop more into that power threat that he could mm-hmm. potentially be. I think it's pretty much guaranteed that if Martinez does get traded, it's going to be to an American League team, even though I think there was a National League team in on Cruz, because they need he he needs to be played as a DH. He's not going to give you any good defensive stats, um, no. so he's going to have to be played as a DH, and they need to find him a spot in the American League where he can fit in to that DH role and be a, a good bat off the bench, maybe in some places, but uh, where he can really help out a team that's struggling offensively. Like the Rays are, especially after they got rid of CJ Crone, which I was shocked about. He led the team in home runs, but you know, yeah. not my place to judge. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, to our final topic, this has been a quick episode, not much to talk about. It was Christmas break. GMs didn't really want to make moves. But the latest offseason news, we did get quite a few minor signings and a, little, a few headlines. Mike Fires, the uh, former and current A, actually, he signed a two-year $14.1 million deal with the A's. Do you think he'll be as good as he was last year, or do you think that was a fluke year for Fires? Um, uh, I think he takes a small step back. I don't think he'll be as as dominant as he was, but... You know, he's another one of those guys, though. If he starts struggling in the rotation, they can pop him in the bullpen, and he's going to be lights yeah. out for him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Anibal Sanchez had a similar season to Fires last year. He signed a two-year $19 million, million dollar deal with the Nationals. Are the Nationals going to push this year, even if they probably lose Bryce Harper? And is Sanchez also going to regress? 
Uh, hey, that's a that's a good one. Um, uh, I, I've I haven't seen Sanchez in the last few years to give a good you know comment, but uh, part of me is like he's gonna regress just because that's the kind of guy he was in his past. He'd have a good year and then he have a down year. Um, yeah, you know, as far as the Nationals making a push, eh, it's possible. Like they they're solid enough, but you know, you lose Harper, then you know you got to replace Juan that Soto in the outfield. So. Yeah, see, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that kid. He's so, yeah, they, they could. Oh, yeah, 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 from what I remember, you know, little 19-year-old kid rocking it out there. <laughs> yeah, hitting two bombs in Yankee Stadium. It's pretty uh-huh. good kid. He was finalist for the Rookie of the Year. Acuna ended up winning it, though. Um, the Angels signed veteran catcher Jonathan Lucroy to a one-year $3.35 million deal with quite a few bonuses packed in. Lucroy had a decent year last year. Uh, and he's always going to be a great option defensively. Think he has the same type of year this year? Oh yeah, totally. Like he's he's going to be a consistent, mm-hmm. steady guy back there. You know, until his knees give out, and then they either <laughs> you know cut bait with him or they shift him into first base or a DH slot. So, mm-hmm. um, Dallas Keuchel was rumored to be returning to the Strohs. So, do you think that'll happen, or is the connection to the Blue Jays too strong? <laughs> Um, yeah, that connection, I think, is non-existent. No. <laughs> um, I forget who reported that, but that, that was one of the worst reports I've seen all offseason. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's possible that he goes back to Houston, but it, it's got to be, you know, on their terms, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's he might be looking for too much, uh, you know, as his market value, right? Is he going to be a Jake Arrieta like we saw last year who signs, like, middle of spring training and has a down year? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I, I honestly think the way that the market's going, um, you know, over the last few years, that there's going to be a, a spring training like camp for all the, uh, all the free agent guys, mm-hmm. and then slowly as spring training progresses, more and more guys are going to get picked up. Yeah, um, not as many or not as it was the season. The offseason has been as, hasn't been as slow as it was last year. But still, quite a few guys on the market that will need to go somewhere for spring training if they're still unsigned. Robbie Ray, a lefty for the D-backs, is reported to have the Astros and Phillies interested in trading for him. Although the Diamondbacks say he's unavailable, do you think that that could change if they get the right offer? Oh, totally. Like they're they're nobody's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Like people will say, you know, he's not untouchable. But if the right package comes along, you know, anybody's going to get moved and. You know, I could see Philly making a making a push to get him because that that helped their rotation out. Yeah, that would, um, especially after they uh, missed out on Patrick Corbin. Yep. Moving on, uh, Adam Ottavino and Zach Britton are both drawing interest from the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, do you think the Yankees re-sign Britton, and do you think Ottavino goes back to Colorado, or is he going to sign in the AL East? Uh, I know the Yankees are making a strong push for, for Britain. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think with him, the big thing comes down to just how badly does he want to be a closer. Anymore. Yeah. Cause he's not going to be a closer with the world as Chapman, but no, exactly. Right. Um, you know, if he's willing to be that eighth inning guy, then I think he, he goes back to the Yankees cause the price will be right for him. Yeah. Um, and then as far as Ottavino, you know, if, uh, if, Boston picks him up, it's over. Like, it's uh, just give him the series now. Like, mm-hmm. that bullpen's going to be so disgusting. Yeah. Um, that, I don't you know, know, slider is insane. 
Oh, it is just that thing, dirty. Oh, oh I've, I've watched him develop it all last offseason, man. Like, it mm-hmm. thing is a thing of beauty. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. But, I mean, I think you're right because Ottavino is going to be the last piece in that pen. By the way, nothing on Craig Kimbrell. Do you think he returns to Boston or is he going to uh, Atlanta? Uh, I, you know, the, the younger guy in me wants him to go back to Atlanta because, you know, that was mm-hmm. – we came up with and everything was great yeah. there um but i don't see boston bringing him back and i wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if he winds up somewhere completely off the market like completely off the target really i think that atlanta might make a strong push for him especially with their bullpen woes last year but i don't know um the blue jays as you mentioned earlier acquired uh left-handed pitcher clayton richard from the padres in exchange for minor league outfielder connor panis um, good trade to the Jays. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but is it a good trade? You think it'll work out for them? Or yeah, like I mean, they have them for what maybe two years of control. I think so, something uh, like that. So, like you know, you give up one minor league guy who, you know, chances are he might make you know a cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> so you know, in in, in the end, it it'll work out in the sense that the Jays are going to get somebody that eats innings and mm-hmm. they need that right now since they're in yeah. that, that three to five year rebuilding phase. Yeah. Uh, moving on. And hopefully this will be the last bit of Tulo news until he does something extreme again and complains about his contract or the amount of time that he's playing. Like, <laughs> that's who Tulo is, but Tulo signed a one year major league minimum deal with the Yankees. Um, I think it's a good deal for the Yankees. Actually, I don't because it's Tulo. But they signed, him, <laughs> they signed him to a major league minimum deal. He's going to be making $38 million from the Jays. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the signing other than how bad it's going to be for New York? Oh, I love it, man. Um, you know, he, he grew up a Jeter, Jeter fan. You know, he wore number two because that was can't Jeter's number. number. Yeah, I can't wear number two now, so we'll see what number Punch he wears. But. <laughs> But, yeah, like, uh, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the comeback player of the year. I hope he's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to – oh, yes. Uh, they said that he will be playing shortstop for Didi Gregorius, and I know that Manny Machado also wants to play shortstop, and the Yankees are still on Machado, but, you know, Tulowitzki's a superstar, so he's going to replace him. Do you think the Yankees are still pursuing Machado? Do you think P- Machado still wants to go to the Yankees, even though it might be in a third baseman's role? Yeah, like, I mean, they could sign him and they could say, you're going to be our shortstop and shift Tulo over to, to third, right? Or they could sign him and say, you know what, we got you for X amount of years for the foreseeable future, you're going to be our third baseman. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about moving you back. Um, honestly, with the, the play that I saw him as a shortstop this year, you know, I think he made the wrong decision to – slide over to short in his walk year Mm -hmm. you know like like he was a premier third baseman and yeah he was probably one of the best in the game exactly and then to slide over to short and just kind of you know not look as sharp and as strong defensively you know i think that's part of the reason why he hasn't signed yet he 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 last played shortstop in like double a so do you think maybe it was a year to get reacquainted with the position this year he'll be dominant at short as he was at third or is he just a better third baseman? Uh, I honestly, I think he's just a better third baseman. So, they, um, so the, the Orioles made the move, moved him from short to third for a reason then? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because, I mean, like, 
when he was coming up, their shortstop was what, like JJ Hardy? Yeah. Like you're not gonna move a superstar potential kid to third base because you have JJ Hardy, you know, <laughs> yeah. batting eighth and hitting ten home runs and playing serviceable <laughs> defense. Mm-hmm. I saw this thing. It said uh, it was Miguel Andujar's stats compared to Manny Machado's. Andujar has twenty seven, had twenty seven home runs, ninety seven RBIs. Machado had thirty seven home runs, hundred and seven RBIs. So you're only getting ten more home runs, ten more RBIs from Machado than you are Andujar. So why give him the big money if you're the Yankees? Exactly. That's just right? my like, opinion. I don't like the guy. But no, he he lost some points with me when he you know was you know stepping on first baseman's feet you know during the playoffs mm-hmm. like that. Just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, and our final offseason move that was relevant was that the Philadelphia Phillies agreed to a two-year, $23 million deal with reliever David Robertson. Robertson was rumored to have the Yankees and Angels in on him, and then the Phillies swooped out of nowhere, just as they did on Andrew McCutcheon, and signed him to a $23 million deal. I think, that, I think it's a good signing for a team that had a borderline terrible bullpen last year. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, any, any team that picks up D-Rob is it? They're going to be, you know, they're going to be loving it because he's good. He's a lockdown guy. You know, mm-hmm. you throw him in the ninth inning, you know, we're talking 40 saves, you know, yeah. probably 90 Ks. Like, he's a solid dude. It, it sucks. I was hoping he was going to return to the Yankees because that would have been a nice little, nice little one-two punch there, him and him and Chapman on the back end. Yeah. But, you know, he wanted to close, so he went somewhere where he can close, which is Philly. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's going to be a good for him. And it's a brand-new league. He's never thrown in the National League. So he's just going to dominate. Yeah. They don't have a book on him. And I'm, I, I fear, though, that they might actually, and they might crush him. But he's a good guy, so I hope he does well in the NL. Uh, Brent, thank you very much for joining us, and thank you all very much for listening today. This has been episode 10 of 211's Baseball Talk. We will see you next week. Hope your new year went well. Hope your Christmas did as well. Thanks again for joining us, Brent, and we'll see you all in the next episode.